hello, welcome back to No Funkin' Strictly Munkin', the only show where if we were playing a game of Simon Says, and Simon Says, quote, Simon Says Funk, we'd lose, because we can't, because we exclusively monk. I'm going to post Jay Christie, joined as always by Andre Barrera. Andre, how are you? Oh man, you're on a roll. Those are, that was a pretty good one. I was going to say, I felt pretty good about that one. Yeah, that was great. Uh, I'm good, I'm good. How are, how are you? I'm doing well, uh, you know, uh, just... Uh, Happy to be talk. Happy we're not in a garbage strike. Although, at, we're talking about Mr. Malcolm the garbage strike. Because of the blizzard and stuff in New York, garbage wasn't picked up for like a, a couple extra days. Um, but it was only like one cycle missed, so it wasn't that big of a deal. I can't imagine it would have been as bad as uh, the state of the streets of San Francisco. Yeah. But the thing about New York, though, is that you've been to New York, you know. Even when there's no garbage strike, the garbage yes. is always just on the side of the road. That's true. And 100% New Yorkers accurate. get very defensive about it. Um, I'm parroting a bit from comedian Brooks Whelan, so just in case this sounds familiar. But he's basically like, and you, whenever you ask a New Yorker about it, they're like, where's this supposed to go? <laughs> Which is, you know, if you've lived anywhere else in the world, there's plenty of places it can go. But anyway. Um, to, to, which, to which I respond, hey, I'm walking over here. Hey, I'm walking here. Well, rest in peace to Ratso Rizzo. Um, spoiler alert for Midnight Cowboy. Um Anyway, um, oh, never seen that. It's I had to watch it for class. It's interesting. Uh, yeah, it's also fun fact the only X-rated film ever won Best Picture. Imagine if that happened now, if an X-rated movie won Best Picture. Uh, that would be like what? What's an X-rated movie? They don't read. They like, don't. Well, they don't release X-rated movies anymore because there's no X-rated movie theaters. So like, it would be like it would have to be like a director's cut. It would be like if trying to think, like if. I think of a movie recently that had to be like recut a bunch of times because of. Uh, what about show? Uh, what about Showgirls? Oh, Showgirls was rated X. You're right. Yeah, but that was you know, twenty six years ago. So, um, I was actually going to okay. say if the if the director's cut of Basic Instinct that was going to be my reference. So the moral of the story is if anyone would do it, it'd be Paul Verhoeven. Um, but also right. it's like also if Minute Cabin came out today it would definitely not be rated X. Like it's actually not that bad. Anywho, um, the actual reason by the way, case anyone's wondering why New York puts its trash on the sidewalk is because. You don't really think about it, because I think in so many movies, there's so many scenes in movies in New York where there's stuff takes place in alleyways, but especially in Manhattan, mm-hmm. there's really are no alleys um, in right. New York, so that's why. But also, we definitely could just get bins. In any event, they don't have bins in this because there's garbage strike. Mr. Monk of the garbage strike, what do you think of this episode? Um, it was pretty good. Uh, I liked it. It was perfectly decent. Some pretty fun uh, cameos yeah. or uh, guest stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it was it was always going to be a tough one coming after Mr. Monk and the actor. Co- correct. I think that this episode is super uneven. I th- the highs are really high and I think the lows are pretty low. I like it generally because I'm a positive person and I think that the highs are some of the fun. I think, I mean, just going to say it. The Alice Cooper bit is hands down yes. one of the top five funniest things at all Monk. It just is. Um, yeah. And so it's hard for me not like this episode. Um we start off the streets of San Francisco, um, which that was a TV show, right? With Michael Douglas on it. Anyway, streets? I have no idea. I think so. Um, if you're over the age of forty, write in and let us know. Um, actually, I think you have to be older than forty because I think I was in like the seventies. So the streets of San Francisco are covered in garbage, um, and there's a news report about how uh, the two sides of the union and the city are, you know, at an impasse, but no one's panicking. Which, like, I just don't believe that a news report would say that. Yeah, like, I get that they're one, setting up the joke that Monk's panicking, but still. 
Yes, um, but also like you know, we get a, a look of the of the streets in San Francisco, and it's obviously a set with a pretty mm-hmm. nice CGI San Francisco in the back. It almost it I doesn't almost look bad. It, it doesn't look yeah. that bad. No, in no, comparison no, to the fact that they never had wide shots of anything through most of the first few seasons, <laughs> like yeah, no, absolutely. So it was pretty good, but also like. Uh, I think we all know at some point that there is zero chance that the streets would ever get that bad because I mm-hmm. think at some point they just like order replacements in, right? Or like people. To I I, in. I don't know. I don't know the politics of. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I don't know how. Would it, would it, wouldn't those be like the line crossers or whatever? Well, the, the scabs people, is the term you're looking for. The scabs, for. scabs, scabs. But yeah, I don't yeah. know if I don't know about government unions. It, it might be different. I'm not sure. Um, although right. sanitation workers, I I think it also depends honestly because some obviously most places in the country. Non-cities have waste management or other private companies that do the trash. I don't know about the city of San Francisco. If they have a municipal trash department that works for the city, I think it might be different. I don't know. Okay. The moral of the story is that uh, union stuff is complicated. Um, But we got into uh, Monk's apartment, and Natalie is burning incense, um, which... You know, I mean, that definitely feels like something that Natalie got really into incense when she was, like, 20. Um, and she's trying to go back to her old roots. Yeah, for sure. Um, a lot of hippie talk, so in this episode, and uh, I love it. So totally mm-hmm. adds up. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you're you're a hippie on in the inside. Um, Definitely. Or you know, honestly, with the hair at this point on the outside too. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, I I won't go any further into it, but everything that a hippie does, I'm pretty much <laughs> interested mm-hmm. in. Exactly. And uh, you know. Natalie says that she's gotten used to the smell of the garbage, and Monk, I like the line that Monk says, you're going to love hell. Um, yeah. You know. And Monk, so Monk wants to get out of town, because you can tell he can't function. He smells the trash in his house, in his apartment. He just, he's he's in a bad way this episode. And um, he's like, we got to get out of town. Uh, and Natalie's like, well, I have Julie. And he's like, I'll tutor the girl. Um, he's just being uh, a bad... Uh, you know, he's just not in a good way. Yeah, but more importantly, like I think for the first time, he's like justified in his, uh, you know, in his feelings about the the dirt situation, the germ situation. Like it, That's it's actually correct. legitimate. Oh, I yeah. think he's correct. Now, I don't think he's correct. I don't actually believe that he can smell it in his apartment that much. I just, I just don't think that that's true. Maybe not as, probably not his apartment, but like people, I think other people in this episode notice the smell. Like, yes, I think if you're outside, but I think also like when he's like, I can't function, like that's a bit much. Um, yeah. But uh, the thing that I don't think he's right about is that when they turn on the television, they see Jimmy Cusack, who's the uh, union boss. Um, Monk basically is, you know, Natalie, a friend of the working man, is like, all they want is a fair contract. And Monk mm-hmm. is basically like, I wish he was dead. Which is like, wow. Um, maybe Monk was the one who killed Jimmy Hoffa. I mean, I... Yeah, I'm not going to get too dark, but I, sometimes I wish some of the people I wish dead were actually dead. So I mean, yes. there That obviously happens. Um, it happens to the best of us. Uh, no one I've yeah. ever wished was dead has ever died. And I don't really wish people dead that often. Um... You know, because okay, I, I don't, I, I don't think I've ever told you this, but like, I for whatever reason have blood on my hands for two pretty famous uh, deaths, mm-hmm. um, and it was like a, it was like a coincidence thing. But basically, my high school was in Burbank, California, which mm-hmm. is you know an entertainment industry mm-hmm. area, and <clears throat> my my high school was on a street uh, called Bob Hope Drive. Mm-hmm. So I remember I we were walking to like Wiener Schnitzel or something, and I, I I remarked on it. I'm like, wait, isn't Bob Hope dead? And mm-hmm. my friends corrected me, like, no, actually, he just celebrated his hundredth birthday. Mm-hmm. The next day, he drops dead. 
And basically a year or two after that, I made the same comment about Ray Charles, and sure enough, he bit the he Those bit the both bullet. felt like guys who were dead before they were dead. Um, like, Bob Hope especially. Like, he hadn't done anything in forever. Now, I, I famously right. once won a death pool, so like I really can't say that there's not blood in my hands. Um, because I was the only person in the group to pick Harper Lee. I mean, which that I feel proud about because who the hell's picking Harper Lee? But if I can say quickly, and I brag about this all the time, it's because she famously never wanted to write another book, but like three months before the year started, she released the sequel to To Kill a Mockingbird, and I'm like, oh, clearly that means that she's not a good state dementia-wise, and she's going to die. And sure enough, she died in January, so I won. Right, and weren't people saying that like she didn't write the book? No, they were saying that she did write the book, but she never wanted to be released. And her sister took over her estate and did it for her. Got it. Okay. So, fuck her sister. Anyway, uh, Natalie says the thing which is correct, which is, if he actually dies, you'll feel terrible. And then we cut to Cusack's office, and for the second time in, like, four episodes, bad beat for the maid. Just real bad beat for this maid. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that was surprising to me is that the cleaning crew shows up at 7 a.m. at the beginning of the day, as opposed to after hours. Yeah, that's that is weird. Um... Uh, but also, the thing I noticed about this, too, is and this is similar to what happened in Mr. Monkos of the Fashion Show. She comes in speaking English with no accent whatsoever, but then when she sees the body, she goes full-on, like, stereotype, Dios mio, type thing. It's like, it, they keep doing this. <laughs> right, okay, but not only that, but when she walks into the room, I believe the angle that she's looking at is pretty mm-hmm. obvious what's happened, mm-hmm. and she's, like, kind of talking to him as if he were yeah. still alive. Yeah. So that was funny. Um, yeah, the antique wingback chair didn't cover up. Um, anyway... Uh, we then go to theme song, cut back, and Monk is packing something. And at first, I've forgotten what this joke is. I'm like, oh, he's going to leave town. (laughs) I assume that's what you thought it was, right? Uh, no. I immediately knew that he was shipping his trash somewhere. I just didn't know where. And he doesn't know where either. He tries to get sent to the APS driver, because of course it's not UPS. Um, Right. And, uh... He ends up giving an address, and I'll say, when this joke pays off, is so great. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. I did not see that coming. I yeah. figured he would put some address down, but I just didn't know it was going to be that one. Yeah. And then so Natalie shows up, and she immediately knows what's happening. Like, did you just mail your garbage? Um, you know, which is a funny concept, to mail your garbage. Um, I mean, to be honest, if I were to receive anybody's garbage in the mail, I would rather get Monk's garbage in the mail. That is true. That, I had, didn't think about it that way, but that is true. Um, and then Natalie, of course, shows him the paper and says, are you happy? Um, because Jimmy Cusack died. And Monk is like, you don't think I seriously did it? And she's like, no, you did it with your karma. Um, you know, uh, and it, that also made me think about if Natalie was 10 years younger, she definitely would be a mom in Facebook groups really into chakras. Um, but that's not here or there. Yeah, very Kyrie Irving energy. Mm-hmm. But all the negotiations are cut to a halt, which is, of course, Monk's worst nightmare. Um, so, Yeah, so we already know that Monk's going to want to solve this case uh, ASAP. Yes. And this is, I think, the worst scene in the episode where they cut to the union hall. And the new union boss is like, yeah, Jimmy wasn't suicidal. Um, because you have to keep in mind, no matter where the TV show set, people in unions are from New York. Um, yes. And Monk shows up, and he... Monk really should have gotten the shit beaten out of him for this. And I, I, I don't say that lightly. Um, what does he do in this, uh, in, to this group of people who are looking for a fair wage? Yeah, he kind of just tries to rally them in support of their, like, core values or something that, like, people pretend like they give a shit about. Basically about how they serve the people and, 
you know, basically get back to work because I'm inconvenienced, um, mm-hmm. which obviously doesn't go off very well. But yeah, again, he escapes relatively unscathed. So that's a that's a win. It's, it's definitely like it's definitely he definitely would have. I don't know if he'd actually get the shipping out of him, but he definitely would have not been able to speak for that long. Um, I'll say this: if this were like a truck driver union, he would have been fucking murdered. I don't. Yeah, I don't think that he's honestly. I don't think that the garbage union would be that much different. And I don't even. And I don't say that they know where to thing. dispose of shit. That's true. I don't even think it's a bad thing too, because Monk. Like I really, uh, man. A theme of this podcast is that learning that Monk is a very anti-labor, and I think Absolutely. in terms of as, as I think the years go on, I think obviously the United States is at uh, is very close to the bottom in terms of how much we care about labor in this country generally but it's not as bad as it was like the, the worst was in like the mid-2000s so a lot of this like the show this the show has a lot of bits where it's just like this episode is strangely anti-union um so it definitely is like uh i kind of don't i don't like that the union is kind of the bad guy in this yeah i mean this is like the second time right basically mm-hmm. yeah because also mr monk and the captain's wife um yeah and yeah. also the way monk treats sean and natalie he just doesn't like labor um right. is i mean he didn't want to get paid for being a cop so uh, but thankfully, um, the new union boss recognizes Monk and basically hires him to make an independent investigation um, to see if it's not if it's a su- if it's a suicide or not. And he pretty pretty quickly already has an idea of what he wants to say. Who does Monk? Monk, yes. He, wh- oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And in his eyes, case is closed. Whatever it takes to get these guys back on the job, that's what it, that's that's what his opinion is. Yes. Monk definitely. This is in terms of morality. This is probably Monk's lowest moment. I'm not that this later is his lowest uh, moment. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is. Um, wait, was there a similar thing after like his the garbage man was killed or something? The garbage man was killed. What do you mean? Like his gar or, or the, the, or the newspaper kid, the paper boy. No, I don't think that that. I don't think he tried to cover that one up. No, not cover it up, but like was like basically like get back to work at the end. Um, because he often has those. Things. Yeah. Oh no, the, no, no. The lady whose son was falsely oh, accused. Oh right, of right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the fashion show. Yeah. He yeah. once again no respect for labor. <laughs> um. So he goes to the office and he finds that someone was there. Uh, someone else was there. They leaned their feet up and they liked cashews. Um. What's your opinion on cashews? I fucking love cashews. I think they're like my favorite nuts. I don't dislike cashews, but they're definitely not my favorite, and probably not my third, even third favorite. Least so. favorite by far are probably uh, walnuts and pecans, like bottom two. I don't. I probably like cashews more than pecans, but not walnuts. I peanuts and almonds are firmly one and two for me. But anyway, um, raw almonds like make my mouth itchy. Well, that's a strange thing, but I don't deny. I'm not going to deny your truth. Um, and I noted here that Monk really needs an N95 mask because he keeps just breathing in stuff. He doesn't want to breathe in. Um, and we get the timeline of what happened. That he was alive at nine thirty at least, and then found dead at seven and was killed at midnight. Um, Correct. And they ask the guy, the accountant, was he depressed? And Ron, the accountant, is like, "Yeah, because they just found irregularities in the books. The books were being cooked." Yes, uh, apparently a little over three hundred thousand dollars from the pension fund went missing, and um, I guess uh, Ron Neely had I uh, confronted. Mm-hmm. The uh, uh, John Cusack's cousin, Jimmy. Jimmy, Jimmy uh, not John. Yeah, no, John Cusack's cousin, Jimmy. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah, you fucked it up. Um, anyways, so yeah, he confronts him, and he, according to him, Jimmy responds by saying, "What took you so long?" 
seeming to imply that he has some sort of guilty conscience and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of confirming the whole suicide yeah. Uh, theory. Yeah. And so Monk immediately is like, you know, I'm going to say suicide. And then Natalie does, there's a scene that is in the credits for the rest of the show, because I recognize it very well, where she's like, you didn't look around. You didn't do the thing with your hands. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so he looks around and he notices that th- this uh, Jimmy character is left-handed because of a convenient photo of him playing tennis. Very convenient. Um, yes. But Why would you have a photo of yourself playing tennis in your office? That right. is a good point. But what explains why he shot himself with his right hand? Uh, because he had a bandage on his left hand? On yes. his right hand. On his left hand, yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Now, the thing about this is just doesn't add up is that the coroner would take the bandage off and immediately could tell that there's nothing wrong with the wrist. Correct. One. And two, I don't think you need to be left-handed to shoot yourself in the... I don't think you need to, like... You know, I think you could still kill yourself yeah. with your opposite hand. I don't think that's... Yeah, it will be a bit weird. Um, you actually do the thing where you take your left hand, you sit on it for a while, and you shoot yourself so it's like you got murdered. Um. <laughs> right, right, exactly. It's like... Uh, you yes, know, the... yes, you don't, have to, you don't have to say what the joke is. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Um, and so, and he, you know, Monk Halston is on this antique wing back chair that basically the way that, like, the sides of it go, it's hard to explain, that he would have to be sitting straight up, but there would be no room for his arm to shoot himself in the head. Um, and the right. mo- I think the most notable clue is that the fing- the bullets were wiped down, which uh, feels like something you wouldn't do if you killed yourself. Right, unless you were a monk. Mm. That's true. Um, and so Natalie's like, you know, are you saying it was murder? And he seems like he's gonna say yes. And then he goes outside and gets interviewed. And what does he tell the press? He fucking lies to them and he tells them that he thinks it's a suicide. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, this is the lowest thing. Yeah, like, this is the lowest one, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm glad Definitely. we agree. His monk is just, like, I get he wants the garbage to go away, but, like, come on. Like, okay, I don't know about you, but there was, like, this weird fucking emphasis on a guy throwing away something in the trash can right behind yes, monk. Yes, yes, you know why? It's because they need him to turn around and see the other guy smoking Belgian cigarettes. Oh, Okay. That makes sense. Because I was just like, I for a second thought that this guy was planting a bomb or something. I was like, uh... And, but yeah, luckily it didn't pan out that way. Yep. Um, and so, Steinmeier then gives a press conference, basically saying that the case is closed. And then, Monk and Natalie get home. Monk goes into his bathroom, starts washing his hands. Which we finally get to see the inside of this bathroom. I don't feel like we've ever seen it before, which is nice. Um, yeah. And Natalie confronts him. Um, and she says everything right. I mean, you know? Yeah, she calls him out and, like, she calls him out in, like, a, you know, non-shaming way. So that's always an upgrade over his previous assistant. But um, she says she's disappointed, which I think is the real reaction you should have. Right, yeah. I mean, he's, I mean, he's meant to be an honorable guy. And, like, it's just really out of character, like, to just put, to, like, just be so nonchalant about a person's possible death. Yes. And he tries to justify it by saying it's for the greater good. Um, he even says, I am the hero here, which is a bit yeah. much. Um, yeah. I, every time I hear the word the greater good, I always think of Hot Fuzz. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, then she says, like, you know, you're letting a killer grow free, which is really true that there's a person who murdered someone who is going to go free because Bunk is a little mad that his garbage. And once again, a garbage strike would suck, but like, I, you know, he's a good, that, that's, sometimes it sucks to do the right thing. 
I mean, you could make the argument that getting a murderer off the streets is for the greater good. You, I definitely could. You could say, you could definitely make the argument that the garbage strike going on for another week is okay because for the greater good, you get a murderer off the street. Um, Correct. Thanks. Cleaning though, a different kind of trash off the street. It's, you're goddamn right. Now, Natalie, figuratively speaking, drags Monk by the ear into the pre- the precinct. You know, because that's definitely the energy of the scene. Mm-hmm. And she's like, she basically says, if you don't fix it, I'm going to quit. And what I wrote down is, this is not the first time, but like, compared to Sharona, all the time she's going to quit over some bullshit. This is completely justified. I think Natalie's completely justified she quits over this. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, I think, to be fair, I think most of the time these people are justified in wanting to quit. However, that's true. When it would happen so often, it'd just be like, well, yeah. just quit already. Yes, that's true. Um, I, I think I guess I would say is that this feels like a reasonable way to go about it. Like, I'll give you one chance, and if you don't, I'm going to quit. Because right. I do understand it would probably be hard to be the assistant of a detective who you knew let a murderer walk because he was he didn't like the smell of it in his house. Right. Yeah. Right. And so Monk reluctantly comes clean about the murder. Um, he says it was for the greater good. He notes that, you know, I, 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 a smell like that can kill People die from smells all the time, which I think is very funny. Um, but Stalmeyer's not happy about it. Yeah, he doesn't, because uh, <clears throat> he just went out on a limb and told and basically confirmed what Monk had come mm-hmm. come to the conclusion of earlier, which was a suicide. So now he's going to look like a fucking asshole as a result, which, you know, fair. Exactly. So Randy has to call the mayor's office to get them to like, you know talk to the, the mayor and all those people. Um and so the deputy mayor wants him to come in. So we cut to City Hall, which I looked up some photos of actual San Francisco City Hall. I don't believe that's it. Um, this is a nice no. building, and it looks like a City Hall, but it doesn't. It's The real City Hall of San Francisco is uh, fucking beautiful, and this is just like a nice municipal building. Yeah, I mean, as long as it's not like the Scientology building in Hollywood, California, that's fine with me. Why? Is that a thing that's used a lot for City Halls? Uh, no, but you could definitely, like, from the look of it, you could definitely, like, play it off that way. Except for the oh. fact that all the color, all the buildings are colored, like, sky blue. But mm. it has a very old look to it. Very, like, it mm. seemed like it was something important. Mm. Right, right, right. The one in Clearwater, Florida, is this space. It looks like a gigantic, massive hotel. And it's just a Scientology in big letters. And it really does. It, it, it really makes me wonder how they could build that building and be, like, and not think that they're the bad guys. Because it looks so much like a cult in a be- in a horror movie. <laughs> yeah. Um anyway, uh, so they yeah, they get the city hall and do basically a demonstration of a Chekhov's gun if you will of uh-huh. there's a there's a corner in the rotunda area called the whisper spot where the acoustics make it that no matter how low you whisper something in there everyone in the room could hear it. Um so we already so know, we know that's going. coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I wrote that down. And so the gang enters they meet the uh, the the deputy, deputy mayor, mayor, who says that he's thirty and he's eating antacids like M and M's. Which my response to that is that guy's not thirty. Um, yeah, exactly. I thought you were going to talk about the M and M's. Um, no. I was going to say, yeah, there's no way you can be the deputy mayor. Of, I, I, I'll take that back because no, I know there's some that. very pretty guy, young mayors. No, I'll say he doesn't look like he's thirty. I'm sorry. <laughs> right, right, right. He doesn't. Correct. Uh, and apparently now the negotiations. Now that there's a rumor out that Monk's saying murder, the, the negotiations are done. So Monk goes right to the top, and he meets with the mayor, who's played by... Who Who plays the mayor? Our good friend... Okay, I'm going to fucking... I don't know if it's Chi... I'm guessing it's Chai McBride? I think it's... I'm 95% sure it's Chai. So yeah, it's Chai McBride. Um, 
you know, great. Is he a character actor? Is mm-hmm. that how we? Yeah, mm-hmm. great. You know, he's a good guy. Uh, I've seen him in quite a few things, and it was nice to see him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and you know, he's he's willing to hear out Monk out because he's like, you know, the previous mayor said great things about you. Um, but Monk is not there to talk about the case. Yeah, no, he's no. He, he's got he's it. got a plan, and I I what what plus his plan because I think that this is just some great Tony Shalhoub acting because he monologues for like three minutes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it goes on a while, but basically he he says he says that he wants to first evacuate the city, mm-hmm. then when everyone's out of town, burn the city down, and what's more, collect all those ashes mm-hmm. and burn them, exactly. and then. After that, bring everybody back and uh, rebuild San Francisco from scratch. And it's like it's while, fresh off the lot. And while they're at it, they can straighten out Lombard Street, which is a great joke. Like, that's a yes. great joke. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I love what he says at the beginning, though. Like, you know, the city's... I love the way he delivers. The city's ruined forever. You can never get the stake out. Um, yeah. And uh, Monk's like, write this down. You're going to forget it. And Traffic Ride, which is why I think he's great in this episode. Just that he, He's like one of those actors who perfectly delivered the line. I don't think I'm gonna forget this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great idea, yeah. though. I mean, in theory. Mm-hmm. But then Monk realizes a couple things, because our friend Chai, the mayor, has his feet up. He yep. apparently's eating a lot of cashews. Yeah, his wife uh, does not does not approve of his cashew eating. Uh, I think cashews are high in fat, habits. but also for me, I remember my mom would always be like, "This nut's high in fat or whatever." It's like, Mom, if the snack I'm choosing to eat is a nut. I'm already making the healthy decision. Like, just be get, glad to make yes. that decision. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, it's absolutely. like, if I mean, even a cashew, the alternative is not a healthier nut. It is Cheez-Its or potato chips. Don't. Um, anyway. If I'm eating a bag of Sun Chips, just leave me alone. Exactly. Well, no, if you're eating a bag of Sun Chips, you wake up everyone in the house. Remember when that was a joke? Like, that it was like, oh, Sun Chips are really loud when you open them? Or was I just on the internet too much in 2012? I think that's the latter, mostly. Well, you know, I was. And he, ba- Monk is like, have you ever been to uh, Jimmy Cusack's office? And the mayor says, of course not. But, see, I was hiccuping and you were yawning, so no one was speaking. Um, yes. So Monk basically, he, he, he broke in the case wide open. Yeah. So you need to tell the gang. And, of course, what happens, this is one's really obvious and kind of cheesy, but it's fine. Yeah, so they're in the rotunda and they basically, there's like a bunch of reporters there. I don't know what they're reporting on, I forgot. But presumably the fact that the, there's a big garbage strike and also the oh, yeah, supporters in City Humbles the day. That's true. So then, you know, Stott or like they all decide to go like huddle up a little bit like more private. So, of course, they huddle up in the whisper spot and Monk lays out his grand theory, which is that the mayor was maybe not responsible, but at least involved in some way. Yeah, he was in the office. He was in the office, yeah. to which everyone, all the reporters hear it, and Stott kind of realizes that that's yeah. what that's the, what I, don't, I think this joke is cheesy, but Ted Levine's delivery of when he sees the whisper, I think he goes, oh, hell, is very funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a good Ted Levine episode with the very short, the small scenes that he yeah. did. He's, I mean, he, he's great when you got him. Um, and, uh, you know, then, of course, the union is outside City Hall protesting, um, and uh, we get to Dr. Kroger. And uh, he, Monk is not feeling good. He feels he he made the situation worse, um, and he hasn't slept in nine days, which I don't think can be true because I don't think that you can actually like walk around and have coherent thoughts if you haven't slept for nine days. 
Well, I think if I learned anything from the remake of A Nightmare on Elm Street, mm-hmm. it's that even when you don't think you're sleeping, you actually are having like micro sleeps. That's correct. Now, I haven't yes. seen the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street. And in fact, I haven't seen the original. Um, but yeah, I think that, that is true. Uh, I know that the record for, I think it was like 11 days or something like that. Although there was someone, I think an old woman who didn't sleep for like 15 days, but it wasn't uh, like recorded. It wasn't like on purpose. Um, yeah. But that's also one of those records that Guinness no longer includes in their book of world records because they don't want to encourage people to try it because it is adverse to people's health. I don't know if you knew that they do that with some records, but uh, they don't. It include, makes sense. Yeah. Um, like, for example, I don't know if they still include. Remember the world's fattest twins? You know, the two guys yeah. on the bikes? That's a reference that I make a lot. And, like, half of people have never heard of it. And I'm like, how have you not seen the fattest twins? There's, like, I mean. You're like on a of, moped, right? Or exactly. When I think of, like, things everyone knows, it's, like, McDonald's. The American flag and the fattest twins are like the things everyone knows. Yeah. Um, anyway. Um, no, I had a friend. I had a friend that tried to break the Guinness World Record for the most sticks of butter eaten, and he tried for months and ended up getting like super bad cholesterol as a result, and like in, in, it was not good. That's, that's so dumb. Yeah, he tried it cheap by melting it down and drinking it. I'm like, dude, I'm pretty sure the record says sticks of butter, so you're wasting your time. Oh my god! But he, and he wasn't even doing it under anyone's supervision. No, because you need to be supervised for it to count. He was practicing. No, he was oh, practicing. practicing. He was practicing. So I think he got up to like. Was? I don't remember, but I think he got up to like four or five. Jesus, that's crazy. Oh man! Sh- okay. Shouts, shouts to Remy. My pal. Yeah, shouts to Remy, man. Remy, that's awesome. Um, yeah. I remember I had a friend in high school who there was a website that did it was like it was like World Records, like Guinness Book of World Records, but it was like unofficial. And he, a friend of mine in high school, when he's like 14, set the unofficial record for most socks fit inside one sock. He got like 500 socks into another sock. Oh my god. Something like that. It was a couple hundred at least. Anyway. Wait, wait, um, hold on. Do you know, have you ever heard of LA Beast? LA Beast, the website? No, oh, LA Beast oh, that's is like a competitive eater guy. Oh, no. I, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, that sounds familiar. Okay, yeah. Well, I just looked up the record for most sticks of butter eaten, and apparently, I, I don't know how like official it is, but it says that... He, he, uh, oh wait, no. The record was seven quarter pound sticks of butter in five minutes. In five minutes? Yeah. Lord in heaven. Anyway, Monk yeah. has always hated garbage. He lived 2.2 miles uh, from the dump, and he says that you could smell it, which, like, that's just Monk being neurotic. You can't smell something too, and you probably could if it was, like, something horrible, but I don't think you can smell a dump 2.2 miles away. Um, but, uh, I mean, because I, you know, I live in Queens, and uh, actually, wait, no, never mind. I was gonna make this joke. Let's zoom back like ten years ago. I I live in Queens. I live like a couple miles away from Shea Stadium, and I can't smell a thing. Um, but City Field's actually a nice field. But Shea Stadium's it was a dump. So that was the joke. Oh, ha ha. Okay. It was a dump, gotcha. though, man. Seriously, having been, oh, it was a dump. Are you that close to? Uh, no, I'm not that close, but I'm in the same borough. Um, well, yeah, but yeah, what? I mean, New York is a small city. Let me see. As, yeah, uh, let me see. As the are massive. Uh, okay, yes, Queens and uh, Brooklyn are, but the other ones aren't. Anyway, keep going as I look up how far away I, away I am as the crow flies. Yeah, so he mentions, uh, you know, he had nightmares about it as a kid. And yeah, as this is happening, people are dropping, like, b- bags of trash, like, in the little back area, the little garden area that we see in the back of his office. Mm-hmm. And... Um, 
and he starts he starts describing the dream is basically about like trash piling up in some way and he's basically his nightmares are coming true Exactly, but Kroger doesn't really care about that. No, Why? Yeah, this is uh, this is fucking hilarious. This is I uh, forgot yeah. about this joke. This is one of the funniest payoffs in anything, Mom. Yeah, tell me. Oh, so okay, sorry. Um, so he's like, "Have you been sending me your trash?" And there's a gigantic pause, yeah. and he says, "No," and because yeah. he's like, "Because I'm getting boxes of trash, and they're all sorted by uh by what is it like." color and food group and yeah something like that it's like i it's, it's your handwriting it's upsetting my wife and children and i want it to stop <laughs> yeah he's like legit pissed off well wouldn't you be but like i said earlier i prefer that trash than anybody else's trash but still nobody should be sending anybody trash mm-hmm. let's just say that exactly so i just love i i know i i love that uh that scene yeah, no, same. And so then... We, Monk, we can't do it justice here. No. Then Monk and Natalie are trying to um, find... Uh, are trying to talk to the mayor. And so they're waiting outside City Hall. And so they end up getting like, talking to him. And um, they let... Uh, you know... I noticed here I wrote down Mayor Nicholson fit king question mark. So can you comment? Um, I mean, like, you just had, like, a sick-ass hat on. Yeah, that's I really mean, the main thing. Which is, you know, I'm, I'm dumb when it comes to fashion, so... Um, it was just giving me major Jason Whitlock vibes, which is not something. No, that's you're right. Ever... That's not good. Damn it. Um, yeah. Anyways, um, uh, but yeah, so he tries talking to him, and you know the mayor is justifiably upset. He's being accused of homicide, and you know what? Just for fucking once, I kind of fucking wish it would have been the mayor that did it, because that would have been a hell of an episode. Yeah, that would have definitely been. Uh, man, that would have been great if it was it turns out the mayor killed. <sighs> I mean, it even, like, it even tracks. Like, yeah, you could have, like, a disagreement with a union person that's, like, you know, holding mm-hmm. you by the balls, essentially. Yeah. Like, yeah, makes sense. And, but Monk wants him to confess because he wants the garbage strike to end. Um, he wants him to confess and then resign mm-hmm. briefly until mm-hmm. they solve or whatever. Exactly. Like so um, he then uh, – we, we, we learn that uh, the mayor gets his umbrella back and he's like, I lost this. Where was it? Apparently, it was on a drugstore on what street? Uh, was it on Vinton? You're damn right it was on Vinton Street. Fuck, I'm telling you, it's crazy. That needs to be a drinking game. Although, you'd only get like a shot every fucking episode, but... Whatever. Yeah, also, I drink every episode, so... Um, ah, that's true. No, I mean, that's for the podcast, guys. Not, I'm not, uh, you know, don't be ridiculous. Um, but anyway, um, so he's like, I was never in a drugstore. So he's completely confused by... Mm-hmm. Um, by this whole situation, so um, and the de- and the deputy mayor like just mentions that like he was at home with his wife at that time, and if you have any further questions, bring it up with the DA. Mm-hmm. Which at this point, I was like, all right, the deputy mayor did it for sure. Mm-hmm. You you would think one would yes. one would be forgiven for thinking that the deputy mayor did it. Um, yes. But anyway, the um, so they go to the drugstore. Um, and I don't, I don't remember the guy's name. I assume you recognize the the guy who plays the guy working at the drugstore is like a that guy. He's a that guy. I, I don't know from fucking where, but I definitely. I mean, I never guy. watched this show, but he was in every single advertisement for the NBC original series Grimm. So that's where I mostly know that he is where people are known from. Ah, okay. By the way, I finally did it. It was taking me forever to find out how. I am three point eight eight miles away from City Field. 
as the crow flies. Okay. Which is not all, anything. I mean. And also, we are officially halfway through the show. Damn. That's a big milestone, guys. Yes. Anywho, uh, they're asking if he has a, the guys that he sells receipts. Um, and they find a receipt from from two from twelve twenty four, where someone bought cat in cash bought water, Belgian gold cigarettes, and a bandage. Uh, yeah, like a wrist bandage specifically. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, yeah, go. Yeah, I mean, we know what how we found um, our good friend Jimmy Cusack. Cusack. So clearly, um, you know, they Monk has an idea of what happened at this point, right? Yes. And so he, he the, the, they asked the cashier, like, was the guy who bought this, was it the mayor? And he's like, well, actually, wait, the first monk gives it what happened. The first yeah. ever wrong what happened. Where he yes. basically's like, the mayor killed him, realized he was left-handed, bought a bandage, and forgot the umbrella at the store. And they ask the cashier, and it's like, is it the mayor? And he gives a resounding no. Right. My only thing, with, my only problem with this whole umbrella thing is like, was it not raining when he left? Wouldn't he I don't realize think so. as soon as he like left? It, was. it doesn't look like it was. Okay. All right. Um, and I do like how Monk keeps trying to insist to the guy like it was him. It wasn't him. I, it was him. I think I would notice if the mayor was in my store, which like I feel like true, but also I feel like most Amer- major American cities, most of the residents wouldn't recognize the mayor. Like, I don't know, man. I kind of, I don't know. I think you would. In a city yeah, like fair. San Francisco, that's in true. any metropolitan city, you would definitely know. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, my hometown in Florida doesn't even have a mayor, so. Um, but, uh, I mean, most suburban places. Eh, not most, but a lot of them have, like, city manager and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And so they're like, oh, my God, Monk was wrong. And I love that Randy says, usually when you say here's what happened, it's what happened. Yeah. And, uh, and the cashier's kind of, like, because, like, obviously Monk's taking it very hard, and Natalie's kind of rubbing his back, and the cashier's like, what's wrong with this guy? Like, has he, like, like has he never been wrong before? And Natalie admits, nope, he hasn't. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Monk is just, the stench is overwhelmed them. Cuts yeah. a commercial, cut back. Natalie is waving down Stahlmeier and Disher. They need to help, because Monk's had a psychotic break. What is he doing? Uh, apparently he commissioned, uh, in, as a commandeered, I think is the word that's the yeah, right commandeered. Word. Yeah. Commandeered. Thank you. He commandeered a, uh, garbage truck from where? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was rolling the streets. Um, and decided to take it upon himself to clean up the streets of San Francisco mm-hmm. and no, one bag at a time. Not, and, and no, we're not talking about dirty Harry. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the garbage vigilante. Exactly. And he's taking the one bag at a time. He's going to fill up the truck. And what's he doing with the truck? He's going to drive it into the bay. He's going to get another truck, fill it up. What's he going to do with that truck? He's going to drive it into the bay. <laughs> just driving him into the bay? <laughs> yeah, just driving them all into the bay. Um, yeah, and they ask, like, what about the case? And he solved the case an hour ago. He pulls yeah. out a flyer. Who's on the flyer? Uh, Willie Nelson. No, sorry. It's uh, Alice Cooper. Mm-hmm. Which Monk, of course, suspects is not his real name. Um and uh, he's like, notice on this flyer, he's sitting in an antique wingback chair. Um, yeah. And, and he was in San Francisco on April 5th. Coincidence? <laughs> this was definitely a fucking uh, Randy Disher theory. Oh, it's uh, No, that's, that's disrespectful to Randy. Like, this is so much worse than a Disher theory. By the way, just tell me what you think Alice Cooper's first name is. Um, something, I would say it's probably something like, 
that is not a name anymore, really. So no, uh, no, you know, oh, oh, how about the, you know, it is probably something super Jewish, like Julius Cooper. No, it's Vincent Damon Fournier. Oh, okay. Um. Anyway. Uh. I'm and the, he's not Jewish, so you okay. lose. With actors, I'm really good at knowing real names, just because. But musicians, I mean, Alice Kubrazi is just the guy who made Schools Out to me. I'm sorry, guys. I know if you're a big fan, whatever. Um. But his theory is, of course, it's that it wasn't about the garbage strike. It wasn't about Jimmy Cusack. It was about the chair. And this cutaway where they show Alice Cooper reading a chair magazine, and he, the headline is Union Boss Sitting Pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was great. And apparently Alice Cooper is just seething with envy mm-hmm. at the idea of this guy, this union guy sitting on like a beautiful wingback chair, custom made. Mm-hmm. And... He needed it because everyone – it's no secret that rock and roll stars collect antiques. Um, and so um, he's consumed with envy. And what Monk knows is he's the bad kind of hippie. And to see where Oscar was beating him up, he's got to be breaking your office, beats you up. Especially because we know that he didn't get beat up. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, so so yeah, hippies, again, getting fucking trashed by Monk. No he's the bad kind of – he's the – what's in the bad kind of hippie though? The bad kind of hippie. Um, um, and so that, uh, I mean, but it brings up an interesting question. If the whole crime was about the chair, why the hell was the chair still there? Because it had a bullet hole and it didn't blood on it. He didn't want it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could just wash the chair. And I like, no, I love how like, you know, he's, this is all happening. And then like Monk kind of goes off and Randy just tells Stott, like, should I be writing this down? Mm-hmm. To which Stott tells him no. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just great stuff. Um, and, but Scott has an idea. And then we cut to a room that, I correct me if I'm wrong because I've never watched, but it does feel like this could be that you might see some people in Twin Peaks show up in an all-white room. Am I wrong about that? Um, there's a red room, but I, I know there's there a is, red room. I don't know if there's multiple yeah. colored rooms, though. There's no white, there's a white lodge, but it's not even white, so okay. no. So never mind. But so in, but in, it made, it made, it, in it a psychological think, thing, it definitely could happen. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it's like a basically like a like a sanitarium or something mm-hmm. kind of deal, mm-hmm. or like that room that uh, Tom Cruise jumps from the ceiling in Mission Impossible One. The, the airlock, you mean? Is no the gap lock? What is it? It's whatever. It's a computer room. Yeah, uh, something. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's a computer that's not connected to anything, um, and so. Oh shit! What? That's the whole thing. That's no, that's, that's true. Thing. I didn't even think about that. Well, yeah, no. Yeah. What do you mean? What do you think about that? That's the plot. <laughs> Well, I was like fucking oh. ten when I saw oh, that sorry. movie. Oh, sorry. It's a, a air gap, by the way, is the term, which is a real thing, by the way. That they they we still do. Um, okay. Uh, it's just what it's a computer that's not connected to the internet, so you can't hack it. Um, and so it's ba- it's basically learned is that this is a room that has its own supply of oxygen, is completely germ free because it's where they assemble circuit boards, and apparently Stoudemire has a favor owed to him by the guy with security. Which you know what like. Just set Monk up in an office here. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. why the fuck not? I know. It's probably very expensive given that they, like, make processors there. Excuse me, circuit boards, but... Um, Computer processors. Process- uh, I'm glad that you went there. I can't hear the word processors without thinking of any... Uh, Alec Baldwin? Yes. Microprocessors in The Departed, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, yeah. all the characters saying micro... Other than Matt Damon, they all sound dumb. Um, and Mark Wahlberg. But I don't know if he says processors. Um... No, I think he says, yeah, I could fire a Scud missile up a camel's ass from a couple of miles away or some shit like that. Yeah, you're right. Anyway, uh, Alec Baldwin's really the one who sounds funny when he says microprocesses. Um, yeah. 
And so one other thing I like is that Summer has his yo-yo. I don't know if you caught that. I, okay, I was wondering what the fuck that was. I thought he was taking out a pack of gum or something. No, it's his yo-yo. Oh, okay, and Monk good. can literally feel his head clearing up. It wasn't Alice Cooper. And he's got it. Who was it? Yep. It was, um... Excuse me. Um, it was... Uh, Ron Neely? Is that his yes, name? Yes, The Accountant. Which is a movie that's yeah. not good, but fine. I like that movie. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, yeah, but anyways... He gets it because the cigarettes was the clue. Mm-hmm. Like that was the item that like that that stood out. And like as we as you mentioned it earlier, that was the whole the whole thing with the person throwing away the trash so mm-hmm. so he can look back. But apparently Ron Neely smokes a sp- particular brand of cigarettes called Belgium Gold. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, and, and he realized yeah. that he needed to kill Jimmy Husack because the books were about to get opened up and they realized what he did. Yeah, he was the one skimming cash. Mm-hmm. Jimmy was not. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he ended up grabbing... The, the, the mayor was there at a secret meeting. And Correct. And Ron ended up grabbing the mayor's umbrella because it was raining. Um, right. And the mayor was in there secretly. And that's why he declined to state mm-hmm. that he was uh, in his office that night. Because, mm-hmm. obviously, the city and the unions, like, mm-hmm. they have to negotiate, like, openly. Mm-hmm. Um, so there can't be any clandestine agreements being made, and clearly from the from what we see the the, the video of, it seems that they had come to an agreement. So yeah. he had to deny that he was there. Yeah, and so we then cut to a f- photo of the um, getting arrested. Newspaper. Yeah, newspaper. Uh, and Bunk is out there for the await in the garbage men, Ronnie and um, I forget the other one's name. Mm-hmm. Ronnie and I have it written down here somewhere. Da, 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 Ronnie and Morris, and he's throwing confetti at, and he's like, you know, you're our, you're our heroes, and like, no, monk, you're our hero. You saved our pension, so they like him a lot. Um, and they got a new contract. Yes, and then uh, when they're driving away, uh, when does he become not their hero anymore? Ah, oh, God. Okay, because yeah, when they're when they're pulling up, he's like, he's got like a like a like a Tupperware full of. Or confetti. like a some sort of container full of confetti. It's a bin. It's, yeah, it's, it's it. like a bin. Yeah, a goes, bin. Like, yeah. yeah, dropping it all over the streets. And, uh, you know, the guys pick up all the trash. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, can you pick this up too? Uh, I wouldn't have thrown it if I had known that it wasn't going to get picked up right away. So we end with Monkey. Yeah, Monkey. He, he, can't help, he can't help himself. Um, but anyway, I can help myself. And this is why I'm going to move on and ask you, what do you give this episode out of 10? I gave it an eight. Um, so I would probably I. go lower. I would probably go lower if it weren't for like the Alice Cooper, yeah. um, the Kroger scene, and I just enjoy Chai McBride. Yeah, he's the he's the bad kind of hippie. Yeah, I gave it an eight as well for exactly those reasons. Um, you know, and for exactly those reasons, please uh, tune in again next week, guys, and you know, follow the show at Strictly Munkin. Uh, Andre, where can people follow you? You can follow me at Andre Barrera. And you can follow me at the J Christie. Uh, rate, subscribe, share the show with all of your friends, the biggest monkophiles in your life. Um, I don't know if that's. Uh, st- I think that was the term that they used back in the day when they promote the show and promote fans. Um, but more important than all of that, tune in next week as we talk about Mr. Monk and the big game. What on earth was that? Uh, I just saw that the guy got lethally electrocuted while showering in a school locker room. Oh, okay.